I love harmony. I love it so much. I love it when all the people in my world treat me and one another gently and well, and everybody gets along. That sense that life is full of peace. I imagine that most people love harmony. Sure, some pot stirrers out there love to stir, but most of us agree. Drama, conflict, no thank you. And we dread those events in life beyond our control that shatter harmony, illness, natural disasters, loss. I've always thought of harmony as our most natural and desirable state of being, our ideal set point, and conflict and upheaval as bad news. <laughs> and now I am beginning to wonder if I have that right. This past week for me, filled with conflict in my extended family. Misunderstandings, miscommunications, tricky phone calls, grumpy texts, even a few showdowns. No harmony in sight. And I just kept thinking all week, what in the world is going on? What a terrible week. Why is everything out of whack? Yearning for my beloved harmony, I tended and tend to see conflict hurtling my way as they have this week only as unwanted trouble. But what if I'm wrong? What if non harmony, dissonance, is infinitely valuable, a necessary part of life. And what if my craving for harmony as the right and necessary goal of life might be what needs to change? Maybe my view of conflict and Upheaval needs adjusting. What can I learn? What might God want to show me if I enter the storms of life with a more open mind and open heart? This week in Matthew's Gospel, we hear that Jesus on the shores of the Sea of Galilee nudges his disciples toward upheaval. We hear that he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Notice, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, so somehow he needed them in that boat. He needed them there.
They needed to be there. And what did Jesus need for himself? Well, he needed time for prayer because we hear that after making the disciples get in that boat, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. He needed that time alone just as you and I need that time alone quietly with God. But back to the disciples made to board the boat. No quiet time for them that day and that evening. By evening, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And we know that feeling, don't we? Times when we feel battered by the waves, wind against us, far, far from land. Shaken and afraid. The disciples must be wondering why Jesus wouldn't have taken them up to the mountaintop too for quiet prayer instead of consigning them to this storm-tossed lake. What happens next? The disciples see Jesus walking toward them across the sea. A miracle. And even though some modern people struggle to believe in miracles the way that miracles happen in the Bible, ancient people experience them as part and parcel of the order and structure of the whole universe. So imagine this sight in their eyes as a true thing happening. Now, they didn't know whether it was Jesus or whether it was a ghost, but either way, something miraculous was happening. Terrified, they cry out in fear, but Jesus comforts them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Take heart. In French, which I don't speak, cour. <laughs> I wish someone else could say it better than I, cour. Courage, have courage. What would it be like if the disciples and all of us in the storms of life, the inevitable storms of life, took heart, led from our hearts? What would our hearts see? Peter, in this moment, leading not from the heart, but from the head, needs proof, needs a test. And so he asks Jesus, or the ghost, he's not sure, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you over the water. And Jesus says, come. And Peter starts walking on the water. Notice. Jesus doesn't still the storm. In an earlier storm scene on the Sea of Galilee, he rebukes the waves, but this time he lets them crash and surge. Storms happen all the time. This time, he lets Peter know that he is there. He helps Peter stand strong in the midst of the waves. 
through trusting Jesus in this story, Peter walks on the water until that is, again, he notices the waves and the wind and fear overtakes him and he begins to slip beneath the waves. This is us too. We do trust, we do believe, and extraordinary things start to happen in our lives, and then our faith falters, and we cry out and slip beneath the waves. I love this next moment in its simplicity. Jesus grasps Peter's arm, pulls him back, and asks, why did you doubt? Because he does. We do. We doubt. We trust. We doubt. We falter. We slip. We trust that cycle again and again. And Instead of fearing storms and avoiding conflicts and dreading suffering, which I do and maybe you do too, what would it be like if we could move through these challenges with hearts truly open to the experience, hearts ready to trust that come what may, God is with us, that despite the fall and the rise of the waves, we are not alone. In the conflicts, within my extended family this past week, my heart struggled to stay open. Hearing angry words, I felt hurt, angry, defensive, sad. Maybe you recognize all of these reactions as things that you feel, too. Basically, what I did was I hunkered down and endured the conflict and kind of waited for it to be over. I got through the conflict. But did I use the experience in real time to grow and change? Or to ask myself hard questions or to find a way to exercise more compassion, I could have done more of that. What about you? Do you tend to endure conflicts and storms in your own life, kind of waiting for them to subside, battening down the hatches? so that you can get back to that good, normal, 
life to harmony. Out on that boat in the Sea of Galilee, when Jesus moves across the water to save his friends, what do the disciples have the chance to learn in that storm? Nothing less than this. Jesus is God. When Jesus and Peter re-enter that boat after Peter's near-drowning experience, the wind ceases. And those in the boat bow down and worship him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. This moment packed with power. Japanese novelist Haruki Murakami writes, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. And Rumi reminds us, don't move the way fear makes you move. Move the way love makes you move. Can we move the way love makes us move in the storms of life? Fellow peace lovers <laughs> out there, fellow lovers of harmony, let us try to hold this thought. A heart open in the midst of conflict and upheaval is scarier and riskier, yes. But it gives us a chance to find a place in the midst of that storm, in the eye of the storm, where we hear God speak. If we trust instead of simply trying to endure, God has a chance, a greater chance, to transform us. Did my family feud this week transform me? I'm not sure yet, but I don't feel exactly the same person that I was before this storm. I'm reflecting, I'm telling you all about it. I'm trusting God is using my life to help me just as God uses your life to help you become more like Jesus. So, take heart. As we hear in Romans today, the word is near you, on your lips and in your heart, and you will be saved. So take heart. Amen.